Good morning, LCM. Good morning. Today's date is December 19th, 2021, at least for a little while. We are smack dab in the middle of a season marked by pagan traditions, pagan signs, and pagan symbols. These practices date back to at least the time of the Roman Caesars, if not all the way back to Babylon itself. Now, it seems that even the most pliable, gullible, and easily manipulated of the liberal news media outlets have begun to awaken. They're awakening to a reality, and they're beginning to take a stand. The reality that they've awakened to is namely that a punchy little old man named Anthony Fauci there it is. lied to them, lied to their face, lied continually. And he has been continually used by the media just as a puppet to promote fear in the general populace. Now, across the nation, gifts are being given this season. Maybe not the gifts that you had in mind. The gifts being given bear the inscription, Don't Fauci My Christmas. These gifts are given in direct defiance of the unelected advisor of all of our lives. We are overjoyed this morning that you, church, have not Fauci'd yourself. Amen. <laughs> LCM, you have not spent the last two years cowering in fear to the words of the paunchy little old man named Anthony Fauci. Rather, you have been soaring to new heights, growing in every way, developing tighter bonds, and ever strengthening your convictions about who you are in this house. However, it is interesting to note that this world has finally had enough of the proposition of their family traditions being violated once again in December of 2021. Now, if you remember churches being barred from worship and how that didn't create the massive hysteria that we see today. No response. Or children being kept from school. That didn't seem to do it. No stand. Or businesses being closed permanently. That didn't do it. They were okay with that. But the idea of ruining their December traditions, once again, that finally did them in. My, that inscription, don't Fauci my Christmas. Look, guys, the title of today's sermon is Family Tradition. We are well aware that the term family tradition may call to mind Christmas ham, eggnog, or perhaps your favorite annual movie with the family. Yeah. Now, for a few of you, it may also call to mind a 1979 song written by a man named Hank Williams. Yeah. Why, oh why, Hank, must you live out the songs you wrote? Now, Peyton, in his typical fashion, took about three and a half minutes and greatly improved upon the existing lyrics that Hank Williams wrote. You guys want to hear that song? Yeah. All right, I think we have a slide for it. Yes, we did it. All right, here we go. So some will ask you, church, why do you pray? Why do you hold home? Why must you live out the word that he spoke? I won't stop to think it over. He told me stand in this opposition. So if I get stoned and pray all night long, it's a family tradition. So I can see, judging by the color of your beard in the room, some of you got that immediately and you loved it. 
a few of you, I just kind of rolled past you. You've never heard it before. Just to give you an idea, Hank Williams is not a righteous man, not a godly man, not even endorsing the song. But there was a particular attitude that the man took when mounting criticism faced him. He turned, and this was his response, I'm doing what my fathers have always done. I have a family tradition that cannot and will not be broken, and your criticism can't touch it. Amen. Church, say family tradition. The only thing our subject matter today has in common with the December holiday traditions is that we are actually willing to fight for them. We are willing to fight Fauci and any other foul puppet in opposition to the will of God that he has ordained for us and the family traditions that we hold dearly as a church in this room and as a body. So to start this morning, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and find verse 8 and say family tradition as you are turning there. Verse 8, but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has been opened to me and there are many who oppose me. Now, as an interesting note, Paul is writing to Corinth in this passage, but he's currently working at Ephesus, the same church that later Jesus through the apostle John would write a letter about completing deeds. And he says, a great door for effective work or deeds has been opened to me. And there are many who oppose me. LCM, you, like the Apostle Paul, have stayed strong in your work. And the great king has opened a great door of effective work for you. Our body and the one association at large are seeing exponential growth. Now notice, I didn't say exponential, as our illustrious president likes to say. Yeah. Instead, I said exponential, which is how the word is actually pronounced. That's true. We are seeing exponential growth in families, in teams, in births, and in new births by the Spirit in the lives of men and women in this room. At the same time, great opposition has arisen. There are many who oppose you, LCM. That's true. We're not particularly bothered by it this morning. Can somebody say, that's a family tradition? That's a family tradition. Church, we are of a long line of those who have had great doors open to them. These, these great doors are great opportunities. They are also great opposition. But we thrive in the heat of difficulty. We walk through the fire and we don't blink at the wicking flames around us. Amen. This opposition is part of our tradition. Are you following us today? So the effect, so is the effective work of the gospel. Now, Paul, the seasoned apostle, he goes on to further instruct the church of Corinth in regard to how to, how to handle themselves during these days of affected work, effective work and multiplied opposition. So go with us to verse 13 to see the tradition in this opposition. Just for your notes, we're going to read it out of the ESV because it's better. Notice the emphasis here. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. <laughs> I love the assumption of the ESV. 
It just translates act like men because courage is expected of men. Some of our more dynamic translations feel the need to say courageous or to be firm in your faith like men. That's because they've lost touch with reality about how men are supposed to behave. But the ESV understands that to act like a man is to act courageously. That's right. It is what we are made to be. Church, a great door has been opened to courageous men like you who act like men. And the opposition only serves to refine you. It serves to bind you together. It serves to remind you that you are a part of a family that is precious metal. God has called us to these moments of adversity so that we can stand and it forms something stronger. Yeah. We love the holy masculinity that is our family tradition. Do you guys love the holy masculinity in this church? These are men who act like men in every situation. They choose to be forged in the fatigue of mounting opposition rather than to let themselves get fauci'd by the limp-wristed overreach of our government or, hear me, even lost family. Rough equivalents. You have remained watchful, LCM, standing firm in the faith and walking in a supernatural love that the most of the known world has grown cold to. Have you experienced that supernatural love abounding in this house? Has it been growing in the recent months? Then saints, we should not be surprised that we shine bright in a crooked and depraved generation. That there is a stark distinction between you and those that are around. We are just holding to our family tradition. It's what we do. It's just a family tradition to stand firm in the opposition. And we have stood by you this year as you watched over the word in your homes. Come on. As you stood firm in the fiery trials to both have children and to preserve the ones that you already have. This year, we have fought for our children like no other year. We fought for our families. Why do we have to go through this? Well... It's a family tradition. All right. Somebody raise a hand if you've been fighting for a child. Some of you have been fighting to have a child. Some of you have been fighting for the ones God already gave you. But there is no member of this body that has not been contending in these manners. Saints, we have stood side by side as you acted like men. As you participated in supernatural strength during difficult circumstances. And supernatural love toward one another has been the work product of that effort you love one another more than you ever have before and it's only growing and as the world watches our lives and how we live they often ask why oh why do you live out the word the way that you do why is it so important you know as we enter into the holidays this is what your response should be you look them right in the eye and you say It's a family tradition. It's who we are. It's of our substance. You may not be a part of that family, but it's my family tradition. Look, Proverbs 17.3 has Solomon's wisdom on this matter. And it's going to further elucidate the phenomenon that is your life. You guys ready for Proverbs? So we're going to pick up in Proverbs 17.3 if you want to turn with us now. The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold. But the Lord tests the heart. Come on. Do you guys love Proverbs 17? Yeah. There's rarely a day that, I go, that goes by that I'm not in this chapter letting it teach me, letting it guide me and direct my thoughts. He's telling the truth every day. Yeah. If you sit down and talk with me, I'm either in Proverbs 25 or I'm in Proverbs 17. But that's because you, like me, are in a long line of men 
who have learned the secret to growth in the kingdom. You, church, are participators in the family tradition of fiery refinement in the, and the effective work that follows. Come on. This season is our crucible for cultivation. And we have the most confidence that you will uphold this family tradition of persevering no matter the cost. It's because you are a golden people. You are called out to be refined and precious a divine people who have a great door of work that is silver, a redemptive work ahead of you. Come on. Is there anybody in the room that has raised children to adulthood? You guys remember that day when you made it through those fiery teenage days and you could now trust that your children would represent you as if you were there? Yes. See, <laughs> what we have going on in this body... God is working us through the furnace enough times where what is being displayed in your life is nothing but divinity, nothing but the redemptive work of Christ. And you are representing him and all of his might and ability to produce a pure people. As we said, verse 17 of chapter 17 goes on to say, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born in adversity. Saints, you are a fruitful brotherhood. You're one that has been born in adversity. You are a family of genuine believers. What you have is real. You all know this is not a social club. That's why your family hates that you go here. But what you have is genuine and will produce fruit. What is due you is in the Lord's hands. Since we've been forged together as the family of God, one blow and one heating after the other, the fires of adversity in this family are a divine work of gold and silver. And we will not let compromise or complaints fauci our pure family tradition. Amen. That's right. This is what we were called to. If you've ever talked to anyone in your family that you've left to be a part of this body and this work, they would ask, why, oh, why do you stay up all night singing those songs? Why do you spend so much time with this family of believers? Why are you missing our Sunday evening fellowship and going to this cantata with this church? Well, it's a family tradition. And the reason that you are here, if you're much like me, it's because in my time at LCM, in the one association with my family, I have been forged together with you. Amen. We've been through thick. We've been through thin. We've been through hot. We've been through cold. Right, Abambola? That's right. <laughs> we've actually lived our lives in a way that we've learned to fight alongside each other. And that is what makes you family. Amen. Now, one thing I haven't done with my family that I was born into is actually stand by them in my most difficult time. To be honest, they were the difficult time that I was trying to overcome. <laughs> they were the actual I don't think problem. You're the only one. And because God knew that I wanted to be with him, a part of his body to be useful in the kingdom, he called me out of that family so he could show me that which was truly family. You've heard the saying, blood is thicker than water. And we, we teach that in this church. But the real phrase, if you don't know this yet, is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Hey, on the days that you're, you're just feeling a little bit down in the dumps or you feel like there's a little bit of despair that you won't overcome, that there is no hope for you, that what is due you will never be given, remember the people in this room who Amen. you are in a blood covenant with and that is thicker than word. any watery opposition the world throws at us. So I want you to turn to Proverbs 27 
find verse 17 and say family tradition as you are turning there. So notice this is by the same author in the same book because there's a family tradition that has stood the test of time and proven to be true. And I happen to love Proverbs. <laughs> We're just going to work through all the Proverbs today. Are you guys in Proverbs 27, 17? Yes, all right, we should know this one. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. This body is marked by the time-honored tradition of sharpening, of honing in our craft. We have sharpened each other in the years past, and now it is abounding all the more. The unity in this house has abounded in every way and will not be fouched out of the years ahead of us. We have actually sharpened each other and we are entering a season where it is becoming so evident because the Lord is adding fruit to our lives. Are you guys awake this morning? Yeah. Do I need to come get you? Or are you looking to be fouched out of the promises of God? No. Say no one more time. Convince me. No, no you will not be fouched out of the promises of God. You are a body who is learning to minister to one another. We've seen it in recent months. You're building each other up and we're just getting started in this house. Oh, yeah. We're going higher and higher. You have grown and are growing in your capacity day by day as you sharpen one another. That's right. The ability to handle the work of God, the load of God has so dramatically increased in some of your lives. You look like different human beings. It's almost like you're a part of life changing ministries. Woo! Your fruitfulness in this house is growing in ministry as you build in teams and it is being multiplied in its effectiveness. We've witnessed this and benefited from it. Now the world and your worldly family may ask, why must you live out those sermons that you wrote? Yeah. But you and I know that it's because it's a family tradition and it's one that results in a great door being opened unto you. Mom. You have the effective work of Christ. Verse 18 goes on to say, he who tends a fig tree will eat of its fruit. Come on, saints. He who tends a fig tree will eat its fruit. Look around you. We are all eating the fruit of seeds that we sowed in faith in a time past. This is not a name it and claim it kind of kingdom. This no. is a plant the seed. Let the Lord grow it from the ground. And if you do not give up and you persevere through the opposition, you will eat that fruit as a gift from your heavenly father. You know, this is reminiscent of Galatians 6, 7 through 10. I'm going to read it to you. Hear the verbiage. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. Let the one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. Come on, church. Do not become weary in doing good. Amen. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Oh, come on now. Do not grow weary, LCM. And I'm looking at some miracle children in this room. That's right. I'm also looking at some miracle potential spouses. You have no idea how close you might be to the provision of God. And you just need to keep doing what is right, sowing what is good. 
and he reigns on it in its proper time. Can I get an amen from a couple in the middle row and then maybe off to the side on the left? And I thought that might be pertinent to you. Now, we read part A, verse 18. I'm just going to read A and B again because it's good. He who tends a fig tree will eat its fruit. Meditate on that. And he who looks after his master will be honored. So look around the room and you see these axioms. We honor family traditions like die for my brother's yes. vision. It's in our very being. It's in our substance. It's even in our songs that we sing. But this has caused you to be honored by God and your brothers for your reverent sacrifice for the body at large. Oh, you have been guarding family traditions of this house like holiness or die trying. And this has caused you to be honored by God and he is adding to your holy lives and building on it. Church, you've been acting like men in family traditions such as perform out there what you have practiced in here. Very special sign to me. If you've never noticed it, that's what that little, blends in that little there, uh, but it is there. board says. I'd stare at it every service. Perform out there what you practiced in here. That axiom has produced a rich harvest of transformed lives in this room in which we are now family. And I caught a comment from Pastor Eric. Is this the first sign in the church? Think about that. This is where it started. And what has God done? He's added family after family after family. He's added an axiom. Hey, remember this. This is our tradition. This is who we are. Do not forget. But this is where it started. Perform out there what you have practiced in here. Now, as we move on to Proverbs 11, verse 30, we're going to read it in the Amplified. And it speaks about the fruit that you are, LCM. Now, would those church axioms do anything for you if you didn't practice it? No. no. Then the proof of your lives that you carry these family traditions is the harvest of transformed lives around you. There is a harvest of righteousness that is evidence that it is more than just a plaque on the wall. It is your family tradition. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the uncompromisingly righteous is a tree of life. That's a good word. And he who is wise captures human lives. Amen. For God is a fisher of men. He gathers and receives them for eternity. Amen. LCM, you are participators in a family tradition. One that changes lives. That changes families and nations. Because you are uncompromisingly righteous in his eyes. You are not swayed by the winds of change. You are not deterred by the doubting thoughts of your enemy. Or bounced back by opposition. This is your family tradition, and you hold it dear, and your lives are the proof of it. Yes. That's why one of the most common questions is, hey, how did you get in this condition? Why are you the way that you are? Whether they mean that to insult you, or they actually have an admiration because our 16, 17, and 18-year-olds are more mature than most 40 and 50-year-olds. And sometimes they ask, how did you get in this condition? Sometimes it's an insult because they're jealous. Other times they actually admire because they see the fruit in our lives. I don't know old sawbones. It's a family tradition. Yeah. The answer to that question is why are we in this condition? It's because we know the family tradition and this is who we are. Now we're going to turn to the 13th chapter of Paul's epistle to the Roman church. And he's going to clearly state how he and we got into this condition. Romans 13, verse 11. 
And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because your, our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Oh, come on. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime. Not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension or jealousy. Why? Because those are not our family traditions. Rather, pick up this tradition. Rather, close yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Church, at one point in time, you were in slumber, but you have awakened. Right. You've recognized the present time that we are in, and it is now nearer than when you first believed. You understand that the season we're in is marked by much more than pagan paraphernalia. You can see the changing of the seasons. As Jesus put it in Matthew 24, verse 32, and Mark 13, 28, the season of his return is drawing near and it's visible even in the earth itself. It is now nearer than when you first believed. The night is nearly over for this world. It has nearly come time for his return and the day to dawn. But it is long over for you. We are way past the days of darkness and night. You have awoken and you've been in his kingdom. You have the armor of light. And you are learning to walk proudly in it as the days grow darker. Amen. It is your family tradition to be boldly clothed with Christ in a world that knows nothing but tyranny, compromise, and hatred. Church, you have awakened to the call of God and you do not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is exactly how you got in your condition. You learned to deny yourself and you followed the family tradition. You, like Paul, understand that there is no time like the present to give your life for Christ and that it is time for the king of kings to reign. This is both the attitude that brought you into salvation. It is also the attitude and tradition that you are teaching other disciples that are brought into this church. There is no time like the present. Let's not wait to get around to the will of God. Today is the day that the king of kings will reign. Now, the apostle Paul's condition was simply the result of a family tradition established long before 1 Corinthians 1 Chronicles 12, or during the time of 1 Chronicles 12. And I'm going to read that to you. 1 Chronicles 12, 32. From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Like they knew what the family tradition was and the trajectory of how things should play out. There were 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. For a long time now, there has been a tradition of brave men and women like you who have recognized that a great door, say great door, great door, a great door was opened for an effective work. For a long time now, there has been a tradition of brave, stout hearted men and women like you who have faced the opposition that accompanies men who knew that many would oppose them, but were ready anyway. These brave men of Issachar understood that the days they were in could not simply pass by them, but rather they must rally to the son of Jesse and give all for the call to make him king. As a particular point of interest in a passage that is fairly familiar in this body and the one association at large, there are some scholars that believe the Hebrew grammar behind the English phrase understood the times is actually pointing to understanding the changes on a heavenly or celestial level. 
precisely in the way that the Magi would later as they rally to David's son, Jesus Christ. Now, I knew all of you knew that when you walked in here, and uh, it was a part of your holiday tradition to discuss it. But if you contemplate a family tradition that we're growing in our awareness of, men have always seen changes in the times, changes in the sky that were pointing to a Messiah that rallied them and their relatives to put their life on the line to see him made king. Are you following us here? If these men followed these traditions, this means that you have the same traditions as men of Issachar, men like Daniel, the Magi, the Apostle Paul, and the other great patriarchs of the faith. We share in the same traditions as they do. Come on. And for me, that gives me great confidence because I did not come from noble stock, but I was called into noble stock and I'm getting to adopt all the family traditions that bring opposition, Amen. but they are also making me a man. Amen. Now, nevertheless, the question always persists. Why must you be so serious? Why must you be so distinct and separate from us? Come on, why must you rely on the team instead of just deciding it for yourself? Which, of course, is just your family saying you're too difficult to manipulate now and we don't like it. <laughs> Why must you attend that occultic church? Well, it's a family, family tradition. tradition. <laughs> and you might not be my family. And you do not like it. Now, we have been born from above into a new family as John's gospel proclaimed. Oh, come on. We've been forged in the fires of adversity into a brotherhood as Proverbs 17 declares. We are together a fruitful tree of consistent righteousness as Proverbs 11 states. We have a great door for effective ministry as Paul did in 1 Corinthians 16. Now, yes, it's true, LCM. There are many who oppose us, who oppose you. But we will guard our brothers. We will guard one another and stand firm in the faith as one man. We will act like men and strengthen yeah. one another in love because that is our family tradition. Come on, like a man. Because like it's our family tradition. So consider the tradition of men who have gone before us, like Paul, who we've already mentioned was the first awake, he was first awakened in Acts 9 to a great door of ministry that was in store for him, as well as his appointment to suffer opposition for many. They came hand in hand. Moses was no exception to this rule. In fact, he was a progenitor of it. He was raised in the ways of Egypt, but he chose the tradition of his father, Abraham, much to the chagrin of the Egyptians. In Exodus 14, he had an army of opposition in the literal sense, but he also had the greatest door opened to him. Yeah. He literally saw the sea open up in the salvation of a nation. Yeah. And now that's an evangelist, a man who puts himself between the armies and God's people. How's that for a front door of a calling in the Lord? Hey, the front door, it's this ocean and I'm going to open it wide open. We had the traditions of men like Jephthah, who were opposed by many of his family members who should have supported him in Judges 12. But those weak circumstances became the power of God as a great door of deliverance was open for him and the rest of the nation. Now this morning, we're not even speaking of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, or Ezra, or Nehemiah, who have always been those who recognize the time. Yeah. That today is the day of salvation. They were opposed for having this revelation, but they were also blessed for it because it was their family tradition and it is yours too, LCM. So we want to spend the balance of our time with you on this great door that has been opened to you. Say great door. 
great door. Turn to John 15, and as you're finding verse 18, say family tradition. Verse 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. This is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Because this is our family tradition. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name. And for they do not know the one who sent me. Oh, come on. Yes, it is true that the family tradition is that the world and your worldly family will try to fouch you during this season. Merry Christmas. But the greater matter in the text is that his name and teaching have been opened to yeah. you. You have been extended the great privilege of joining the family tradition of persecution for the king of kings. And that's how we should view it. A great door that is a privilege to join. If you find yourself feeling a responsibility to your lost family because you've known them your whole life. What does that say about your faith if you feel no responsibility to the heavenly family that you were called to from before the foundations of the earth were laid? ULCM, however, have proven to be participators in the effective work. Yeah. Somebody say amen. Amen. One more time. Amen. amen. You are proven participators in this effective work. You walk in that great door, that name, that teaching, that renown that is Messiah, our King, because it is firmly your family tradition. John 15 goes on to say in the 26th verse, when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. That's an extraordinary thing. The questions made in regard to your life are entirely based on a lack of experience with the Almighty. But you, however, know him, and his Spirit is in you. And you are an ongoing testimony of Christ and his family tradition. Let's put that a little more bluntly. The reason they ask you why you do this is because they've never experienced the family tradition. They're commenting on things that you have experienced and they've only observed. They have not tasted of the tangible power of God, so of course they cannot understand. But you, however, know the family tradition, so stand up tall and proud in it. Amen. Church, you are his testimony. Go one chapter over to John 16, and we're going to read 1 through 4. All this I have told you so that you will not go astray. They will put you out of the, out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service of God, to God. Talk about deception. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. They're completely ignorant of it. I have told you this so that when the time comes, not if, but when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. Saints, are you his? Yes. Do you belong to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior? Yes. yes. Then he is warning you, do not be surprised because it is your family tradition. 
It is your inheritance. It is how it has been handed down. The day is nearer than when you first believed. They will try to kill you and believe they are doing service to God. Man, can you see our day and time changing? It's not getting easier. It's getting closer to the coming of the Messiah. John 16 is going to go on to say in verse 8, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Man, I can see that going on all around. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Saints, your accuser has been cast down. He has cleared the floor so that you might walk in his holy tradition. He made you a son and his house made you a part of this family and then removed the obstacles that wish to separate you from this family. His spirit has convicted the world and there are now only two categories. Those who walk in the family tradition and those who pretend to follow him. But actions are what demonstrate the truth and you are found to be his. Come on. Let's continue on to verse 12. I have much more to say to you, more than I can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Come on. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. We have a good father. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said uh, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. Church, everything that is the Father's has been open to you. Jesus is very clear that what the Spirit is showing you and revealing. We could say bringing these traditions, these words from the heavens are a gift from the Father, and there's no deviation from its origin point. We can learn from that. Amen. If we are implementing the traditions and staying faithful to it, then we know we can trace it back through faithful men who have lived it out in the times before us, and that it came from the heavens, and what it's been doing is just being passed down generation to generation, keeping the tradition of opposition and upholding that standard no matter the cost. Men who will deviate from the traditions find themselves in a ditch. They find themselves completely off course. Getting Fauci'd. If you Getting Fauci'd. Have you ever seen airplanes that take one degree off on a cross-country trip? They end up in a completely different place, but it wasn't a major mistake in the beginning. It was one degree off. This is why we are reminding you... Of your family tradition, the joy and opposition, people hating us. Why? Because Christ is in us and having a determination as one body that we will not deviate because this is who we are and we will land in the place that we're supposed to. John's writings can be simple and very deep in their breadth of meaning. I want to make sure that it sinks in in this room that everything that was the father's was given to the son. And he said he gave it. To you. Yeah. Now, whatever nagging feeling of want that you've had, that you will not be provided for in this manner, that you will not have a spouse, that you will not have children, that this area will never bloom or grow, force it to confront the reality of God's family tradition. 
that when you are in his hands, he will provide all that you need. That all that belongs to the Father is in Christ's hand and he has offered his right hand to you, his church. You are the members of a new holy family. A family that has a tradition of being hated. But it is also a transition, a family tradition of those who have the very words of Christ. Those who listen to him will also listen to you. You have no need to stir up your own merit. You stand on his words and his words alone because they're enough. You are his ongoing testimony, church. And you're not aware of the oppositions that we get to go through as a family. Do you see what I did there? That we get to go through because this is our family tradition. We are not unaware because he warned us and he told us this is the tradition that you are to uphold. Ask the father today. Ask him to reveal to you his plan, his will, to expound upon the mezuzah statement that you have, to expound upon the relationships that he's built in this house. This is a year that we are going to build upon the lives that are here. Yeah. A quiver is going to be expanded. Tent pegs are going to be stretched out and you are the tent church. Not one of you are irrelevant. Every part of you are the house of God rising to complete its calling. God is going to add sons from afar in this place. And what is due us is in his hand. We have no need for concern in any other area. We're going to look at Hebrews 10, verse 36 through 11.3 together. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and not delay. I don't know if you caught it or not, but what we just read in John said, you will see me after a little while I will be gone, but then I will return to you, my sons. And but my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in one who shrinks back. But we, we do not belong to those who shrink back. That's not our tradition. That's not us in this house. We are not those who are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Pay attention to verse 1 of chapter 11. Now faith is confidence. Confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. This is the ancient family tradition that men have been commended for again and again and again. This is the house that you were born to. Some of you in the natural know what it looks like to be adopted. I've got a brother over there that I love dearly. And he knew what it was like to get rid of his old family name and take on a new character. Saints, you're barely beginning to tap into all that is yours. That's not because you haven't participated in Christ. It's because the riches of heaven are so great before you. That we just need a little more faithfulness over time. That we need to stand and act like men long enough. And I promise you, his real fact, his real Will will come to pass if we hold in confidence. What is due you LCM is in your hands and you will not be left destitute. Verse 3 says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. The point here being, this world system, it is entirely subject to the creator. To the God who designed it all. There is nothing that happens on an international level, a national level, or on a personal level that is outside of his control. He holds the hearts of kings in his hands. But the question is, 
How can we walk in the family tradition and prove ourselves to be faithful to that promise? See, I believe that there are a bunch of faithful men and women in this room. If we had the time, we would talk to you about 1 Corinthians 9, which says, Not everyone who runs the race gets the prize, but those who go into strict training. What has the Lord spoken to you about that you know to be true? But there's strict training you need to undergo in between where you're at now and that promise. See, I see a lot of callings around the room. And I think your God is calling you to the family tradition. He's showing you how not to run aimlessly, but to win the prize because you're his son and he wants you to. 2 Corinthians 10 tells us about a church that does not fight with the weapons that the world does. You are a church that demolishes arguments and pretensions set up against God. And it has this amazing little note at the end about obedience that has been made complete. Church, this is what has happened. We have reached the 51% mark. In fact, I think we've even exceeded it. You have determined the church culture because you follow in the family tradition. The oddball is the one who is not following the family tradition. You're imposing God's kingdom, his standards, his will everywhere that you go because your obedience is overflowing to the rest of the world. This family has been obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish, crush everything that sets itself up in opposition to the knowledge of God. This family has tipped the scales of obedience. And the result will be the destruction of principalities that push against the gospel. It is true. Many oppose you, LCM. But we don't mind. Because it's our family tradition. We'd like to ask you to stand with us. We're at 12.06 on Sunday. We have an amazing series of events ahead of us. We're going to get to worship together again this evening. We're going to see Davidic kind of men coming up to both declare God's goodness and share beautiful psalms that they wrote. This is your family. Not the world around you. Not the difficult circumstances ahead of you. We now can choose to hold to the tradition that he called us to. Now, if you're not in that majority category, if you feel awkward around the people that are in this room because you know your life doesn't match up to that same kind of diligence, now's the time to get free of it. Because this house is going onward and upward. We're going to expand. We're going to build. These last few weeks and days in this year are going to be spent well, and then we are turning our face on the offensive. We are going to see this body expand in the next year. We can see as many restrictions and mandates as we want. Our relatives can lob their bombs all they want. This house is going to grow. Raise your hands with us. Father, we thank you for this genuine family of believers. We thank you that you've made them real men. That they stand firm in the faith. Lord, we ask that you would cause their courage to rise in this house. Lord, that fear would be abated. That your gospel proclamation might come out from their lips everywhere that they go. That they would walk in this family tradition.